everything in moderation. Like right. it has to be like that, everything in moderation. You're gonna go out and have fun like it's Friday and it's om- like, seriously, it is almost time for me to have my cocktail. It's yeah, so close. We can make that happen. But I'm just yeah. saying, um, you no, know, but you know, it's fun and you live life because it's great and it's fun. But it, it does, you do have to have moderation. I get up and I work out every, every morning because that's just what I do. And it makes me feel good. Maybe it's just about feeling good. Yeah. I think that might be yes, what it is. It is. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. On this episode, we're switching roles and I'm going from the interviewer to the interviewee. My longtime friend, Tim Vasquez, started a podcast with two of his buddies called People Do That, and they invited me on as a guest. All the guys on the show are over 45 and heading into their 50s, and they had many of the same basic questions I hear every day from my patients about feeling tired, waking up in the middle of the night, and drinking alcohol. We talk a lot about women's health on Get Personal, so this episode with the boys is a little bit different than usual, but I wanted to share it with you because I think there's a lot to take away, whether it's for you or your significant other. We talk about my own background and family, the most essential quote micro habits for improving health, the importance of testosterone as you get older, how to shop at the grocery store, intermittent fasting, and so much more. So how are you doing, Chris? Good. How are you? So you guys, I don't know if you guys know, but Chris is my longtime neighbor of 23 years. Her and my wife, Julie, used to walk every single morning. Like, 5.30. Like clockwork. Mm-hmm. 5.30 in the morning. Hot, cold, frost, whatever. They're out there doing it. Um, our mm-hmm. kids went to preschool together. Her and Julie used to teach yoga together. They started a company called Fusion Fitness. And then they also did a summer program where they were there was like ladies in my backyard and pool doing like aqua like aerobics and screaming water and, and, aerobics yeah i was the one peeping through the uh <laughs> the blinds so we go way back and then uh you know chris just like us you know she started to become an empty nester and probably we've talked about what tim 2.0 is going to look like 3.0 chris 2.0 was i'm going to become a naturopathic doctor and so yeah. she went out and just did it and uh that's amazing. Yeah. Tell us how you came to that decision. Yeah. I told you I either wanted to be, I get my PhD in neuroscience. I, I'm going to be a sunlinear, which I can barely say it and I definitely can't spell it. So that's not a good choice. Same. And I like then, her. <laughs> I like her. Yeah, and you'll get I'm along. Like, oh, well, I know, right? Spell check everything. Words. But then I was like, I was in the health field forever and ever, um, health coach, corporate wellness, group fitness, blah, 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 all of that. And I just needed more. Like, I just, needed to do more. So there's the colleges down the road. It's called Sonoran University of Medical Sciences now, but it was Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine. And I'm like, I'm just going to go do that. So I told my husband, I'm going to medical school. And he said, okay, I'm going to retire. I said, okay, that is going to be great. Wow. He said, I'm going to retire? <laughs> yeah. Because at that, that, yeah. that time yeah. that he decided he was going to 
stop working, basically retire and buy a sign company. So we, yes. he was retired and I was in medical school and we had kids still in private school and a couple in college. And that's how we did it. What, what's the, uh, <laughs> tell someone that's uneducated, what's the difference between going to PhD or naturopath? Like, what is that difference? So I've always had a big interest in the brain, neurochemistry, mind, body. I mean, my master's degree is in health psychology. So how's it all connected? And so I thought I could probably, you know, get that done in a couple of years at ASU. But I really, I really always wanted to be a doctor. I just didn't want to be the quote regular kind of doctor, if you know what I mean. It just never worked for me. It didn't, the, it didn't connect. It wasn't mind, body. So I went like, oh, I want to be a naturopath. Okay. How was that recognized, like in terms of the medical world? That's a really good question. So in terms of licensure, it's state to state. So each state can decide the level of licensure. So there's a board in every state. So in the state of Arizona, we have a very, what we would call broad practice range. So I'm basically a primary care physician here, which is amazing. So Arizona is a great state to practice in. And most of the Western states are like that. Um, in the Midwest, they don't know anything about health, so there's that's not really a thing. As you head towards the East Coast, wait, 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 you can't just speed by that. Wait, I'm from Chicago. Have you been to Kokomo, Indiana? (laughs) They don't know a lot about health. Yeah, tell me how the Midwest doesn't know about that. Like, what what does that actually Uh, mean? Old school. more old school, a little bit more, not so much into prevention and eating their veggies. A lot of meat and potatoes You've and alcohol. The, yes. The what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you resemble that <laughs> remark. <laughs> what? Well, you know, part of the and part of the problem, or not the problem, but part of the issue is that each state is still licensing us. So if I have a patient that moves to North Carolina, I can't I can't prescribe her thyroid medicine because I can't prescribe across state lines. So that is a challenge, and it is changing. As soon as we have a certain amount of states, and we have got at least partial recognition, I think in 28 states now, but it's changing luckily every year. It definitely has grown exponentially in the last couple of years, which is great. And as soon as it gets to a particular level, and I don't know what that level is, then it's kind of like, okay, we're going to have to open this. Up. We're going to figure this out. And that's kind of how chiropractic medicine went too. It was originally state to state. What, what I love about Chris, she's been our family doctor for years, but like just for people that don't know out there what she does, like if you come in and you have bronchitis, she's not going to give you a little lavender oil just to like rub on your head yeah. or like some honey on the back of your neck. like Hot stone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she might do all of that, yeah. but it will be in addition to a Z-pack or yeah. penicillin or something like that like that you need. And that's what happened in our family. Like we just got frustrated with traditional medicine right. when mm-hmm. JJ got sick, when she had uh, – her procedure. And so that's when she started looking into alternative measures, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I started telling my parents about it, they had to refer to the naturopath as the hippie doctor because they didn't quite understand why you go to Dr. <laughs> so-and-so, right? What's the reaction when you hear that? I, You know, honestly, I... I am not the least bit offended by that. No, no. no. I, I, I prefer I to be a hippie doctor. Way. Way. I like yeah. hippies. I, yeah. Yeah. I prefer to be that than the sure. witch doctor, but I'll go with witch doctors. Oh, yeah, too. we go with that, too. <laughs> but I, the, I really don't care. Oh, yeah. you, you, you're, you're saying from the perspective of your parent, like, that mine would say the same thing. Traditional like, medicine. Like, like yeah, traditional medicine. Right? Yeah. We've had the talks, like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, they've had the same doctor for 100 years. Yes. And you go, oh, you got a toothache. Okay, you got to go see Dr. So-and-so. I will tell you, though, their doctor that they've had for 100 years, Years, yeah. 
probably was a, a little bit more like how I practiced. Started that way, yeah. right? Sure. Right? Yeah. And then we're so, kind of can, had to conform into today's natural. Yeah, yeah. in their defense. Like, yeah. people say that to me all the time. Like, my doctor, the primary care I went to or the six other doctors I've been to before yeah. I saw you only wanted to give me this and this. Right. They only spent 10 minutes with me and yada, yada. Referred to this person. Yeah, to exactly. This person, and I'm like, well, yeah. and why didn't they tell me to do this and this, the stuff you told me to do? Yeah. And my answer is they weren't trained that way. No. Right. They no. follow an algorithm. Yeah. It's they, if this, then that. Right. And I know because I've studied from some of right. their books. Right. It's, it's, it's not completely in their control, although no. it kind of is. Right. <laughs> Band-aid on this, but let's find the root of the problem, right? Exactly. And that's and that's yeah, the yeah, rabbit yeah. hole. JJ went down when yeah. she was like, why did this happen to me after being right. pissed and all the other right, things? Yeah. Yeah. But just, why did this happen to me? Let's look back at what's going on. Because she ate healthy, what I right. th- compared to me. I had this conversation with my mom the other day. Yeah. Well, somebody <laughs> told me Subway wasn't healthy. I said, well, the no, it's not. It's, it's, she just she just learned that. that yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have a nice a nice uh, subway or a little. That was my dad's quote. He also always called food little. And hey, we're gonna have a little Mexican tonight. We're, we're gonna have a little, little steak. Let's have a little subway. Yeah, <laughs> that does. Yeah, that makes yeah, 27 ounces of carne asada, eight pounds of rice, little little Mexican. Just a tonight. little bit. Yeah. So how did JJ do it? Like, how did she source? Yeah, she that? went. She found someone like Chris, and I, I think at the time, I think you were studying at the time when when you okay. were, uh, when this happened, and we were looking for somebody, and, and fortunately, she found somebody in in the Good. East Valley. Good, and it's been wonderful. And now the whole family goes, and that's, yeah. that was the and, and it seems like I'm not. I'm, your patients, the people that come to you, they just they want to know, right? They want yeah. they don't want just the band aid. Right. They want to know what's going on. That's well, they exactly want right. to you want to back that up because they just want to know that I'm going to listen to them. Yes. So I will tell you the box of Kleenex on my desk gets chained out like oh, weekly. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, easy. Okay. Easy. Yeah. And not just girls. So it's it's just that somebody listened to them. And I mean, our my initial appointment's an hour and a half. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to get to know you for sure. Right. Yeah. And it is the first time a lot of people have really been listened to, especially in chronic illness or something that hasn't been solved yet. I mean, this has been going on a while. Yeah. I mean, in the easiest cases, it's somebody, unfortunately, it's perimenopausal or menopausal and nobody told them about how it was going to change. Or it's young people um, that just nobody's listened to them. It doesn't yeah. matter. They just hadn't been listened to. So are you finding that your patients haven't been able to been listened to or found answers from traditional and then they're coming to you or are they starting with you because they've done the Google research and said natural good? I would say most of the time they've already been primary care route mm-hmm. and specialist route. Yeah. You you know why? Because insurance pays for that. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them. Yeah. I yeah. don't blame yeah. them. Why? I mean, although now so many people don't have such terrible deductible plan, ter- terrible insurance plans. So they're paying a lot of money anyway right. when they go. Yeah. But I don't blame them. You know, I'm going to go where it's going to be less expensive to start. Unfortunately, they've paid out so many co-pays by the time they come see me. If they yeah, came right. and see me in the first right. place, it might have been less. But, yeah. but our, you know, a lot of naturopathic offices, ours included, take take HSA accounts and those mm-hmm. kinds of alternative ways to pay for you. Yeah. One of the things that I love that they focus on is, and you mentioned it earlier, prevention. Like, yeah. you like it when people are healthy, where big pharma and everything else likes it when people are sick because then they That's make how more they get money. Paid. So the prevention, I mean, just, I know you live a very healthy lifestyle. Like, except for when some, I'm drinking. Except for, well, we said that was healthy. That's medicinal. <laughs> that's research. That's for your next job. That's okay. for, All right. that's for Chris, that's my for, retirement yes, that's job. That's Chris 4.0. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That, yeah. that might be coming be soon. Or you could do both. I just could. do both. Yeah, I could. What are some keys that you would say, like, 
three to five micro habits that are like for, a, for living a healthy lifestyle that anybody could do? The first thing is you have to move. I mean, sitting at a desk or sitting at your job or sitting down all day long, you're, it's like it's worse than smoking right now. I mean, face yeah. it. And thankfully, a lot of people are not regular smokers. And thank yeah. goodness, because that's pretty bad for you. Although we don't need to talk about vaping. That's a whole nother conversation. But I will tell you that if you exercisers are number one, the healthiest people that I see. So and it doesn't have to be crazy. Just something. Just move your body. So I'd say that's probably the number one thing. The number two thing is you have to have to have to eat your veggies. I know that sounds so lame, but you do. Salsa. Mm, it could be in the form of salsa. It could. That's it vegetables. Could yes. It's a vegetable. It is. it is. Just don't put fried chips with it. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah probably yeah. not. Yeah. But but that goes along with probably number three, and that is, is everything in moderation. And I've been teaching that since day one. Like, I went into the health education field, so it was all about changing your behavior. And all we did there is teach people how to eat better and exercise and all that. And it seems so blase now, but it's not right. You know, it's the basics. Yep. And then yeah. the fourth thing is you need to sleep. If you're not sleeping, forget it. Damn. We just talked about this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah. That was a good high five. Hell yeah. yeah. We loud. just talked about this on the car way here, on and, the car right here. We're going to sleep more and moderately exercise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Honestly, Sounds I, like might a winning be, plan. I might be okay with that. Like, I really might be okay with that. The number one thing, people come in there, the number one complaint most of the time is fatigue. I'm tired. I'm just tired all the time. I'm like, okay, are you sleeping? When you go to bed at night, uh, maybe 11 or 12. Like, I like to, you know, read or hang out or watch TV. I don't know, binge watch stuff. When you get up, well, I got to work out, so I'm going to get up at 4.30 or 5. I'm like, okay, stop. Stop. Get to bed. Work out later. I don't care. You guys, no more 4.30 in the morning workouts out of the two of you. Listen, I've already started these micro habits. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I'm very proud. Here's a question, though, because just sleep more. So I go to bed at nine because I am like a two o'clock to four o'clock wide awake type person and then go back to sleep and groggy the rest of the day. That's probably Mm. the number one complaint. It's, well, halfway. Halfway is, you know, I can't fall asleep. And then the second complaint is I can't stay asleep. So that's a number one question I ask when people come in. I ask, how's your sleep? I know, do you have any trouble falling asleep or staying asleep? Like, literally, that I can say that without even thinking. And if you get to sleep, usually you can empty your mind a little bit or you're just so damn tired from the day, you're just falling asleep. Like, your adrenals are shot and you're just out. But 2 o'clock, you've had enough general sleep and your brain is turning on now. Now you've got brain juice. Now you're thinking about what I have to do, what's going on, you know, what was the worst thing I've ever done in my life or what might happen or, you know, things are big at night. Have you ever noticed that? Like there's a lot happening in your brain. It's a lot worse. It's a lot. It's a lot worse. It's a lot worse. So all that happens. It gets worse when we're older because when we're younger, our hormones are taking care. We don't care about stuff. Plus we have a lot more hormones on board. I will tell you right now, testosterone for men helps helps you sleep. So okay. that's a thing. And for women, it's estrogen and progesterone helps them sleep. So there's there's hormones that matter. And also, it's a little bit about what's going on in your life. So that fifth thing is stress management or finding a way to just, just let go. And this, while it's probably fun for y'all, it gets you wound up. So it's not like something that's relaxing. Right. Yeah. Right? You got to do something fun and relaxing because closer to bedtime because that will help. But- I'm telling you that the other thing is there's so many sleep aids out there. Not all of them work for the same people. And that's a whole other conversation. Gotcha. But 
I whiskey? don't know if you're allowed to. Whiskey works. Whiskey? Whiskey works. I sleep That's poorly sleep after onset. alcohol. No, alcohol is terrible for staying <sighs> asleep. I'm sorry. What about gummies? I, I really right. am sorry. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk right. about gummies? Well, yes. I mean, not, not just, I mean, be specific, though. THC gummies. Well, yeah. THC, not gummy bears. THC and <laughs> CBD, I am a fan for particular reasons. First of all, there should be no THC under the age of 25. It's kids. terrible for your brain. No THC. Yeah, kids. But anyway, so... THC mixed with CBD is really good for pain. It's really good for um, stomach issues, colitis, IBS, things like that. CBD on its own is very and very good for anti-inflammation and sleep. So THC is okay for sleep, but you better blend it with CBD or it's not going to be the best thing. And I do think that gummies for sleep is, is a good thing. But I will say that anytime you drink alcohol before bed, it's going to mess with your sleep. Yeah. It just is. That sucks, but yeah, it will. Right. Yeah. Sorry. All right. All right. Your that, liver just I'll gets too busy. I'll write that one down. Your liver right. is too busy. And the Chinese, now Chinese medicine, which we're trained in Chinese medicine. I don't practice it very much, but it's part of our training. Chinese medicine says that Chinese clock, right when you're waking up, is is significant to what's going on in your life, and that's kind of a liver time. Two to three, between two and four, you're just trying to detox. You've got too much going on in your mind, and it's it's liver time. So. The liver is fascinating. It I is like fascinating. It's a great yes. organ. Yeah, what about milk thistle? It's great for your liver. There it is. Oh, yeah. Did you study? Up. He totally studied. No, I just that. Actually, John, uh, you know, our buddy John Weiser, yeah. um, when he goes on several benders in a row, yeah. he's like, I got I to gotta clean this thing out with this milk thistle. It's like, right next to Slippery Elm. And what's yes. that? Dragon's or that, Oh, yeah, the newt or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Newt. Yeah. No, no, no. Slippery Elm. You know what, what is that, that is? And tell yes. us about it. I don't know. I just love this. the name. It always, <laughs> <laughs> always rolls off the tongue. Slippery Elm. It's his new band. It's his new band. Slippery Elm. Slippery Elm. It's good for your gut. So, t- so you tell go. us gut what health. you do. You, you said that you drink. Talk yeah. to us. Okay. How do you do it? Tell me how to do it. <laughs> First of all, I really, Sweet. really can't drink more than two drinks anymore. Or it's just, it's, it's a mess. I know. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I feel like, yeah. I feel like if I'm going to have something during the week, it's usually red wine because at least it has medicinal value. And I know I can drink one glass and it's not going to bother me. On the weekend, if, I, if I'm going to drink and I'm going to drink a mixed drink, then I'll drink a mixed drink on the weekend, but I can't drink more than two. That's it. That's what I've learned. During the week, I'll try to only do one drink. Why? I love. I love. I like drinks because they're fun. Like yeah, you know, yeah. it's a culinary yes, thing. This. It's a problem. I yeah. love food because it's fun. Mm-hmm. I love alcohol. It's fun. So it's hard not to drink. Yeah. Um. But as you age, man, it's just your liver works so hard. It stops metabolizing fat. It stops. It stops t- giving juices to your brain. Like we got a lot of stuff going on as we get older, and you got to babysit that. So what is your so. What happens after two drinks and it's seven o'clock at night? You're that disciplined to go, nope, it's water from here on out. <laughs> I'm like, I need to leave the party, probably. Mm-hmm. Or no, Are you I drunk will. after two drinks? No, no, okay. but I know I won't feel good. Yeah. That's the yeah. problem. The next day yeah. or that and night? Or? The other thing is that night. The other thing is, oh, I'm drinking, I'd always drink water between my drinks. Like that's, you, and you got to go in yeah. hydrated. Fucking discipline. Wait, we're yeah. talking, to, I need to t- tell you about who we're dealing with here. So. <laughs> Her parents are from Winber, Pennsylvania. Oh, Both yes. parents? Just my dad. Just her, her dad is from Winber, Pennsylvania, which is the same tiny, miny town in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania that both Julie's parents are from. 
the the self-discipline and work ethic that happened yeah. in that little town and the people that came out of that little town, it's like a like a blue zone almost. Like these people are so disciplined. So when her and Julie walk every morning at 530, it's because their dads and grandpas went to the coal mines every morning and yeah. never missed work. Yeah. So they have that two glasses of wine and I'm good discipline where two glasses of wine and I'm like, oh, that third one sounds even oh, better. Oh, I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, what a primer for what's about to happen. <laughs> Yeah. Chris is fun. Like she's like when you go out with her, hang out. Like she's not like you'll person. never know. You'll never know. That's yeah. good. Which that's is good. that's what I like. That's what I, how I want to model my life. I don't want to go the rest of my life without saying like you know what? Oh, that English muffin. No, you know, give me the cottage cheese. Like I don't want to be that guy. And so the way she lives, the way Julie lives, it's just like a normal life. But you just have to have that discipline that. We're all mm. trying to work. It's, on. Well, it's everything in moderation. Like right. it has to be like that. Everything in moderation. You're going to go out and have fun. Like it's Friday, and it's almost like seriously, it is almost time for me to have my cocktail. It's yeah, so close. We can make that happen. But okay. I'm just yeah. saying, um, you no. Know, but you know, it's fun, and you live life because it's great and it's fun. But it it does. You do have to have moderation. I get up and I work out every every morning because that's just what I do, and it makes me feel good. Maybe it's just about feeling good. Yeah. I think that might be yes. what it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, that's what we all do this for so we can feel right. good. I, so I you guys do a lot of hormone therapy, right? Is that what yeah. you work with quite a bit? I do. Yeah. It was kind of a logical transition, if you will. Like, so when I went to, I started medical school when I was 45. So that's kind of a little situation right there in, in and of itself. To make that decision was probably a little psychotic. It's kind of like getting a puppy when you have a newborn, which I did that too. So, <laughs> or You're having, used to it. Or yeah. having yeah. four yeah. kids yeah. or right. whatever. Yeah. All right. that's crazy. Yeah. So if when I made that decision, which incidentally, when I was trying to decide what I was going to do when I was 45, I told my mom, I'm like, I, if I go to medical school now, I'm going to be 50 when I graduate. She goes, honey. You're going to be 50 no matter what. So you may as well go to medical school. That's best sage advice. advice ever. That's pretty sage. <laughs> that is sage yep. advice. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 100%. So I went to medical school. I'm 45. First of all, I started heavily in pediatrics because I'm in medical school with people who have our kids. Like they're 28. They're 26. They're in their late 20s, early 30s. They've never even seen a child. Right. And much less taken care of one. So I'm now I'm in pediatrics and I loved it because I wanted to help kids. I had kids. My son, the reason I was there was my son had a chronic illness and he went through that whole gambit, couldn't find anybody to help him. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to help him. And so I'm going to figure all this out. So I was doing a lot of pediatrics and I loved it. But now I'm 50. Now I'm 51. Now I'm 52 and I'm getting older and I'm like, uh oh, things are changing. I love women's health and I just couldn't help but logically get into hormones and bioidentical hormones. So talk to me like I'm 10 years old. What does getting into hormones mean? (laughs) That just means that as I realized I want to do women's health, a big part of women's health and men's health, but aging health or helping people as we get older, basically, is trying to figure out what we're going to do about hormones because we lose them. As we age, our hormones go away essentially. Um, We're not supposed to procreate over the age of 50, 55. It's just not supposed to happen. So now we've lost our vitality because in all of us, our hormones are our vitality. Take a look at a 25-year-old and then take a look at a 55-year-old that doesn't have any hormone replacement. It's not pretty, not pretty at all. And I don't want to, I'm not saying I want to be 25, (laughs) but I might kind of want to be 40. 
Yeah. I, I'm gonna go. I with just want to have energy. Like yeah, I want to feel need, good. I just yeah. need to feel good. I just want to make it through my day. And so, in order to do that, bioidentical hormones were what we needed to do. And also, they're natural. They come from natural sources. They're not. They're not coming from pharmaceutical sources. They're not coming from horse urine, which is another conversation. Oh. So similar. Bioidentical means that you are ingesting something that is identical to your body or your body's going to recognize it. When we try to replace your hormones, if we don't give your body what it's used to or what it knows, it's going to react in a very negative way, which might be creating cancer cells. So back in the early 2000s, um, hormone replacement, not bioidentical hormone replacement, but just HRT, hormone replacement therapy, got a very bad name because the studies that were done were replacing hormones in women and they were not using bioidentical hormones. So the estrogen product was coming from horse urine. That was bad. Mm, it was called Premarin. Mm. Bad news. How did they discover, like, why don't we try horse urine? Because Let's see how were, that works. We have an abundance pregnant. of this. Yeah, we have a lot of <laughs> Let's this. Let's put it in this. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. Well, you should probably ask your favorite yes. pharmacy yeah, yes. about that. Wow. But you were asking me earlier about, you know, which doctor or hippie doctor yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't feel like I fight that battle. That doesn't no, bother me. But I'll tell you what battle I do fight, and that is hormone replacement, bioidentical hormones, peptides. I mean, a lot of the treatments, that I, we do fight those battles. Right. Because, you know, they've got had a bad rep at one point in their life or one point in the research. And, you know, not always remaining open to science and changes mm-hmm. is what is a problem. Yeah. You know, you have to always remain open. By your title, I'm assuming that I'm I'm coming to you because I want something more natural. Yes. As opposed to something produced from horse urine. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Which is natural. It's natural. <laughs> it's not natural for me exactly. to want to drink that. Exactly. Yes. It's not bioidentical. You're no. not a horse. So I have a no. question about something very natural and, and yeah. something very simple and it was one of the biggest changes we made after JJ came back. Uh she came home from the hospital. Um uh water Drinking water, mm-hmm. and not just drinking water, but what kind of water to drink? Okay, I'm, now I'm I'm not allowed to drink uh, water out of a plastic bottle in no, my house. No, that's good. Because good, you don't want man boobs. I don't want man boobs yeah. or larger man that's boobs. That's what's yes. happening. It's the plastic <laughs> the bottle. Damn plastic bottle. Is that really? Yes. I did not know. No that. joke. I get I get I get it. My hand slapped every time I really? do that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a reverse osmosis put into the house mm-hmm. and all the tap water mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. I mean, anytime. Plastics are a big, there's a lot of environmental hazards. Um, plastics, chemicals, all the insecticides. Um, all if the crap you, they put into fast food. Everything. Well, yeah, things yeah. that go into fast food. Yeah. All of that, once you fill up your cup, I mean, your liver can only do so much. It's a pretty, pretty great organ, but it gets tired. Yeah. And you want to keep it clean so you can drink your wine and your bourbon, right? Yeah. So, and tequila. Yeah. But- even so, that your everybody's cup gets a little fuller and fuller and fuller, and that's why there's so many kids that have issues now because right. they're drinking out of the plastic water right. water bottles. And we live in Arizona. Please tell me, even if you are drinking plastic water bottles, you're not keeping your water bottles in the garage. In the garage, please, because what's happening? As that that plastic starts to, and it is, it's leaching into the water, 100%. So what does it do? It creates, it creates estrogens or bad, they're not good at, they're not, estrogen's good, but it's creating a a biochemical um, product that's similar to estrogen, but not good for you and creating a lot of toxins. The other thing about water is um, the term dead water. 
So it's good to reverse osmosis. It's okay. good to filter. It's good to do all that. But you're also taking out the minerals. Yes. Okay. So next to our little system, she yeah. has a bottle of trace minerals. The trace that minerals. Has to go into it. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote it down. Good. Now I'm asking Chris. A doctor has I'm a confirming. Green. I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell her all these things. And yeah. She's good. Be so She'll love it. So what? So that. So that. Guess I, what I learned today, honey. <laughs> I, I go in and you go, Nick. <laughs> we got to look at the bioidenticals for you because you're missing this, this, and this. You is it? Uh, you do you find that out from a blood test, a questionnaire? Like what happens? So you come in. You make your appointment to come into my office. You come in. And you sit down, which my office is about half this size, but it's comfy chairs, four windows. Very pretty. It's comfy. Mm -hmm. It is pretty. It Thanks. is pretty. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Um, so you come in. It's not going to be like your normal visit. We're going to talk top to bottom. <laughs> I'm going to talk. First, I'm going to get your health history. Are you sleeping? How are you eating? What's your digestion? What do you eat? What, give me a diet history. When do you exercise? What, how do you feel? What about your fatigue? Blah, blah, blah. And when was the last time you had labs done? What about your um, history, your medical history in terms of surgeries, hospitalizations? What medicines are you taking? Supplements? Blah, blah, blah. We're going to go through all that. Work environment. Then, like all the, the like yeah, what stress, he goes through, right? What's yeah. normal? All that. And then we're going to do your blood work. So your labs, that's, that's definitely where naturopaths differ. And it's really important because we will draw labs that you've probably never seen. We would look, we look at your thyroid like you've never looked at a thyroid before, try, drawing lots of different things. And then when we get all that information back, I will sit down for, with you the next appointment for at least 45 minutes and tell you what every single thing means and talk to you about the ranges you know how you get your thing back mm -hmm. from, from Sonora Quest or whatever? You There's a range next to it. And if you're like, oh, I'm in range. Your doctor says I'm fine. Everything's normal. You're good to right. go. But that's not how we look at it. We look at it as how close are you to the top? If you're not up here on this particular thing, let's say thyroid, then you're deficient in my world. You know, or if your protein's not at least seven or above, you're deficient. And so there's ways that we look at your labs differently. After that, then we'll decide if you need bioidenticals or got it. Mm -hmm. And is, are those are those administered in a syringe or the male pellets are now actually in the flank, which is basically your love handle. So oh. the women, we still use the glute, oh, uh, but men is in the flank and it's so much better because guys are such babies. <laughs> no, and that talk about going back to lab values, like you'll go to your general practitioner. The lab value for men for testosterone is typically between like 240 and 1200. And and so you, you you if you're test if either of you have a yeah That's testosterone about two forty you yeah. should be sleeping right now like yeah. I feel bad for yeah. you most men feel really good around nine hundred to twelve hundred so any most and and so most of the guys that come in when you if you're coming in you probably don't feel good like you're like tired or you just don't have energy so typically it's going to be well under well under 900 and so that's when we would what are ways it. we can naturally increase our testosterone as males lose body fat. Okay. Oh, damn. Yeah. damn it. <laughs> Moderation. Slow down, Chris. Here we go. All right. Body fat stores estrogen. Okay. Estrogen completely negates testosterone many times. Okay. So that's a problem. Okay. Um, the second way is through building body mass in terms of muscle. Okay. That would be the second way. Um, there's a couple of herbs that will help, right. and they have great names. 
<laughs> so one is called Tribulus, which isn't very funny. The second one's called Horny Goatweed. Oh, yeah. Horny Goatweed. Goat yes. Let's go. I knew you were right going to like that. She knew she was yeah. dealing yeah. with kindergarten. Yeah. 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 She knows Dude, her audience. Was, I was waiting for that. She knew her audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horny Goatweed. That HG dub. Yeah. But I will tell you that in most cases with... You know, with your exercise, with paying attention and doing all the things, um, you may bring up your levels by like about 200. If you're over yeah. 45, it's probably not going to do a whole lot. Um, it's just not, you're not producing the amount. The Oh, the other thing is reducing your stress. Because when you're under stress, if your cortisol isn't working very well, which comes from your adrenal glands, which is what helps us deal with stress, then your t- as men, your testosterone is going to kind of kick in and help. So if you go through a super mm-hmm. stressful time, Forget it. Your testosterone's over. Are there some gone. foods that we can eat? Um, I mean, I feel like the pendulum for the foods, like, yeah. oh, oh you, you, know, you don't want to eat the eggs. You're going to get the cholesterol, right? And, but yeah. eggs, butter, salt, am I good? Are we meat, red meats? You mean for testosterone? Yeah. Or just yeah. for like, food like, for I just, testosterone? I think caveman, no, right? Caveman had, caveman had testosterone, right? Yeah. The old keto thing or the paleo yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I, can't, like, not, I can't necessarily get behind a particular food that's going to help. Other than processed foods and, you know, things that lead to being overweight are not going to be healthy. And, of course, we're all asking for a friend. Right, you are. We're We're all all going to go out to the store as soon as I'm done and buy whatever it is I told you to buy. I like like simple things. And whenever – I go to lose my 30 or 40 pounds when I'm ready. Yeah. I've done it probably three or four times That's in my good life. That's good that you're able yes, to do yeah. it that yeah. many times. Uh, they've seen me do it. Yeah. I'm probably right in the middle of one of those right now okay. where I'm not the lowest and I'm not the highest. I'm probably right in the middle. Fighting weight, if you will. Um, <laughs> typically, what I do is not eat anything white other than cauliflower. So no That's sugar, good. no bread, no flour. It's good. And I only shop on the outside of the grocery store. Good for you. And shop the perimeter. Yeah, that's shop the perimeter. Yeah. And if, there's always bad things and everything. Yeah. But yeah. if you just get it fresh, one of the examples that I use, I, I think I might have made a video about it and posted on my TikTok. If you go look at the salsa, that's not cold. Yeah. It's got a hundred things in it. Yeah. Right. If you go look at the salsa, that is cold. Right. It's got six Whoa. things in it, right. and Radiance. all of them you can pronounce. Yeah. If you just started doing that, in my opinion, yeah. I don't. No, I agree. Dispel me, please. No, I one hundred percent agree. With just that. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second that you turn a label over and you can't read one of the words, right. put it back. Yep. Right. And look for a thing where you can read the words. Right. Yeah. If you just did that, you're probably going to feel healthier. Right. My opinion. Yeah, all that no, stuff. that's exactly how I used to back back in my health education days. You know, I used to give grocery store tours like back in the day. Oh, I love that's that. what that I did. What a and great idea. it was great. It was super yes. fun. Um, and people would meet me at the grocery store and we literally teach them how to shop the perimeter, read the label, stay away from the big words. If you can't read it, don't eat it. Um, what the labels meant, so serving sizes, yes. you know, one, it's yeah, unfortunately a sleeve of cookies is, you know, not one serving. What about as far as like healthy fats, like cooking oils, cooking fats, like what's oh. good, what's bad? So most of the time when you're, if you're going to high heat, which like you're doing a walk or something, then you're better off with an avocado type oil. Otherwise, the olive oils are always going to mm-hmm. be the best. Um, anytime it's saturated, it's still not a good idea. I mean, uh-huh. remember, I've been in this field since the 80s. So it used to be no fat. You know, remember right, Entenmann's? Right. Yeah. It was like, oh, it, you're fine as long as you eat a no fat, you know, fat free yeah, yeah. dessert. Fat-free. And of course, all they did was replace more sugar, yeah, right? right? And yeah, so yeah. that didn't yeah. work out. And then it was like, 
only carbs. Just eat bagels all day long. You'll be fine. And don't put cream cheese on it. Yeah, 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 because that's too fatty. Right. Um, So there's phases that that we go through all these phases. But I will say that the highly saturated fats are still... Still not a good idea. I'm going to ask you, and then we might cut this out if I don't like your answer. Uh, <laughs> lard or beef tallow. As, oh, I was going there. Oh, so were go, you going yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, a lot of teams in the NFL right now are getting away from seed oils, and they're going to animal fats right. that they're cooking their food in. Hmm. What's that dichotomy there? What, what, like, should we be staying away from seed oils? Should we be using natural fat type stuff? I don't think there's necessarily a problem with the natural fats either. But again, are you going to put natural fats into everything that you eat all week long? Like if that's what you live on all day, every day. In other words, you have to, there has to be a balance. There is some research actually that um, animal fats in general are processed differently in your body and that they, they help your cholesterol. The problem with low cholesterol is that cholesterol is actually the backbone of your hormones. So if you don't have some cholesterol in your body, that's your, there you go. It's your key. You can go eat all animal fat you want now. So the pendulum swings all the time. All right, Chris, I want to hit you with some just like rapid fire um, answers. Uh, Sauna. Sauna good, bad. Sauna's awesome. Sauna's awesome. And you know, infrared's going to be better because that's going to penetrate deeper into the cells and you'll be able to stay in there longer because it's not as hot. Yes, we have one of those. You do? Yeah. It's all good. You zip up my little head's right here and I'm watching my uh, on my iPad. Well, I wouldn't say I, little. little head. Head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel like a turkey being based. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right. sauna, good, infrared, yes. better, yeah. go. Ice bath. I love Ooh. cold plunge. Cold plunge. Um, say it right, dummy. Uh, I plunge. like cold plunge, especially if it's done after sauna, <laughs> if you can do hot, cold. So hot, cold therapy goes way back in naturopathic medicine. So it it's kind of, is the vital force. It reinvigorates your body. So whenever you heat your body up, all, all the blood is going, it's flowing, you cold, and then you go into a cold bath. Now your body has to warm itself up. So now all the blood's going to flow. It increases mm-hmm. circulation. It increases your immune system. It turns all the systems basically on. And so, however, going beyond about four minutes in that ice bath is not necessary. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, can right. always get too much of a good thing. Intermittent fasting. Mm. So intermittent fasting is good for some people. I'm like a politician when it comes to health, I think a little bit sometimes, but everything's not good for everybody, which is why I'm a naturopath. But um, intermittent fasting is good, especially to control blood sugar. Um, However, women should not go over a 12 to maybe 14 hour window. And men should probably be between 14 and 16 hours. So it's just... And the bulk of that needs to be at the end of the day, not necessarily in the beginning of the day. So I would say that it's not good for everyone. If you have chronically low blood sugar, if you find that your sugar regulation is a little off, not on the high end, but on the low end, it might not be the best thing for you. So um, you just have to see what feels good for you. So when I eat dinner at like six and a bowl of cereal at nine, that's not intermittent fasting. Pretty much not. long enough. No. The three hours. (laughs) But is it like muesli or something? Are you having muesli at nine? It's definitely not a name brand cereal. (laughs) Yeah, not like cinnamon toast crunch. It's Is it crunchy burlap bags, organic burlap bags? Yes. After the intermittent fast fasting, the the first meal you eat is the important one. Is that is that the truth to that? 
Um, yeah, I mean, right. it certainly is. It should definitely be a, a protein based with some carbohydrates sprinkled into that. Okay. Um, but that's always going to be the case. Right. If you've been if you've been fasting uh, for 12, yeah. 14, 16, and then you just go just, with a sugar bomb, yeah, it's going to feel Boom. terrible. Like yeah. you're just going to plot, you're going to go spike your sugar, drop yeah. your, sh- anytime you spike, you drop, and then your adrenals are shot. And then you're talk about testosterone. That's right. not going to work. <laughs> it's over. All over the place. Forget and then it. my last All one right. is, um, and not a plug just because it's part of your bio, uh, yoga. Yeah. Talk about the benefits of that. So, you know, I taught group, I, I was certified to teach, to teach group fitness in 1988. So that's how long I've been in that industry. And so I started out at Nautilus on a concrete floor that was covered with sh- carpet. Mm-hmm. I had shin splints so bad, I had to wrap them and also put um, rubber sleeves on top of that because they hurt so bad. But I would still do a high impact aerobics. So I went from that to step to lifting weights all the way over to my head. You know, so it was almost a natural progression for me to find something a little bit more gentler. And with yoga, it's a strength. You know, you can build strength. As we age, you have to have more muscle tissue. You have to have more muscle mass. Otherwise, you're screwed. I've already talked about that. With the testosterone, with women, with burning fat, the whole thing. So it gives you strength. You can build muscle. Um, And then, of course, there's the mind-body thing. So it's like the perfect blend, right? So now you're exercising. And at the end of the the class, practice, whatever you want to call it, now you have a time to kind of de-stress. If you are deep breathing for literally two minutes out of your day, you, you're, you're winning. You've, you've, de- you've increased your immune system. You've decreased your stress. Um, you've done it all. So nice. it's a perfect yeah. exercise. Yeah. So you should go to Sala Yoga and get a membership. I've been there. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I pulled my hamstring there. Um, <laughs> I did couples yoga with you. Yeah. Yeah. We did there do couples go. yoga. Nice. It, I got inverted. Can, what's, what's the, yeah. What, what's just like the, if you just had to leave, I mean, the, the little micro habits I think are great, right? Mm-hmm. The sleeping, the, you know, eating, eating the vegetables and, and just making sure that you're moving like over the course of how long you've practiced now, like what's the one thing that you find yourself telling 80, 90, 95% of the people that come in? You need to be your own best health advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm speaking next week at a, um, at a convention and they asked me to, talk about the art and science of wellness. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, how do you bring that together? But how you bring it together is that the art is you. Like you are, you, you matter. You're, you matter how your, what your symptoms are matter. And we've got to learn to express that. And labs will reflect that, but not all the time. And if you've been to two, three, and four doctors, that's, means that somebody is not listening to you or you're not expressing your symptoms well enough, but I doubt that this, the latter is true. I think that the, that the four is true. So if you, you've got, we've got all have to learn to be our own best health advocate. In other words, you have access to all your records, no matter what, no matter where you go. You can ask questions as long as you want. You can ask a pharmacist questions. You can ask your doctor questions. You can ask a lab technician questions. You can ask everything and need to understand what that means. What does that lab value mean? Or what does that range mean? And so that no matter what, you will always get the best health care, whether you see a naturopath or whether you see somebody from the commission. That's good advice. All right. So if you're interested in seeing Chris, not only does she teach on uh, Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. at Sola Yoga, but her doctor's office, uh, Desert Wellness Center, is on Warner Road in Tempe. And um, she does a great job. Lululemon Ambassador, her podcast, Get Personal with Dr. Chris. You can find that. Be healthy. Get your sleep. 
We'll talk to you next time.